0: what is up everybody welcome back to undercovered ops it is friday afternoon and i'm your host cody carpenter you can find me on twitter at Carpentier nfl we're back this week talking about the afc west because it is what is it it's a clusterfuck that's really what it is but before we jump into the afc west let's take a trip up to the afc north and talk about a freshly signed tight end David Njoku just signed a four-year, $56.5 million contract that makes him the fourth-highest-paid tight end in the NFL. Now, mind you, Mark Andrews signed a contract last year at the age of 24, four years, $56 million. Janu Smith also last year at the age of 25 signed a contract for four years, $50 million. David Njoku's contract at the age of almost 26, he turns 26 next month, July 10th, he turns 26. He signed a four-year, $56.5 million contract with the Cleveland Browns after five seasons of never eclipsing 1,900, 800, 700 yards. In his second season in the league, he had 639. and this past season, he had 475, and almost half of that came in one game. I love David Njoku. I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, but this contract is outrageous unless they expect him to be on that Travis Kelsey, that George Kittle, that Mark Andrews level. The number one highest paid contract, George Kittle, five years, $75 million. He signed that when he turned 26. Travis Kelsey, four years, 57. Dallas Goddard, four years, 57. Mark Andrews, four years, 56. And Joku's right in there, 56.5 for four seasons. That's the, the tier two tight end contracts for David and Joku. Unreal. But let's go in to the AFC West today, starting with the Denver Broncos. But first, got to give a special shout-out to Prediction Strike. This show would not be without Prediction Strike. Go to Prediction Strike today. Download the app in the App Store at Google Play. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD for a free player share when you deposit $20. Throughout the show, I will give you a couple of my favorite buys on Prediction Strike. Very, very cheap. When you're on Prediction Strike, you'll notice the trends of players, the movement. A lot of the movement happens during the season. Every single week, Prediction Strike moves these numbers. So over the offseason, you might see a guy like Alberto Quibunum for example. He's at 76 cents right now. You can buy as many shares as you want, but it will not move until the season starts. As the season progresses, if he has good games, if he has bad games, his dynasty value goes up and down, and that is how Prediction Strike works. Go to Prediction Strike. Download the app in the App Store. Go to PredictionStrike.com. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD and get a free player share when you deposit $20. Now, let's talk about these Denver Broncos that everyone wants to put on this high pedestal and expect to win the AFC West, when in reality, this is probably the best division in football, but they're going to beat the living hell out of each other. And I'm not sure anybody wins 12 games in this division because I think they all win 9, 10, or 11, and they're just clustered together, like I said before. Now, the Denver Broncos. Bring in Russell Wilson. Last year he had 400 attempts in 14 games. In 2020 he had 558 in 16 games. His offense had 541 in 2021 with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Now you say, well, it doesn't really matter, right, because they're bringing a whole new regime. They're bringing Russell Wilson. What can we expect? I would still expect something in that in that 500 to 550 range. They have the weapons, but they also have the run game. Everybody's back. The only person they brought in was, it was Travis Fulgram and Greg Dulcich. They bring Greg Dulcich in, they let Noah Fant go. Noah Fant had 68 receptions on 80 targets, 670 yards and four touchdowns. Jerry Judy has his off-field domestic issues. We'll see what happens with that. But so far, it sounds like he will be at camp in the fall. He did show up during the OTAs. Didn't do anything, but he showed up. He played 10 games last year. The guy you're looking at right now is the undercover op during the offseason for the Denver Broncos is KJ Hamler, right? He's coming up to an ACL. Deshaun Hamilton was let go before the season last year. Tyreek Cleveland didn't do anything. John Brown came in last year, didn't do anything. Seth Williams didn't do anything. First three games of the year, KJ Hamler, three for 41, one for five, one for 28, knee injury. You're expecting KJ Hamler to take that next step up. It couldn't possibly be Tim Patrick, could it? Could Tim Patrick? I think Tim Patrick is still that guy. He is still the beta alpha. The poor man's T. Higgins, the beta alpha in this offense. Cortland Sutton plays that X role. Tim Patrick on the opposite side, drawing single man coverage. If Judy stays healthy, that's only going to elevate Tim Patrick. Think about it as the poor man's version of the Cincinnati Bengals. Cortland Sutton plays that Jamar Chase role. Tim Patrick plays that, like I said, poor man's version of T. Higgins, that beta alpha role on the other side, 6'4", 212 pounds. And in the slot, you have a very underrated, dirty, hard worker, Tyler Boyd, Jerry Judy. Do we think Jerry Judy's even on Tyler Boyd's level? Some would say he's better. I personally am, am, am not too bullish on Jerry Judy, but I think he can get the job done if he can stay on the field. Then you have Albert Okuibuna. Like I said before, $0.76 cents on Prediction Strike on am buying. Albert Okui-Bunum, because if he takes that step, we're pretty confident Greg Dulcich is good. He's a move tight end, though. He's light. He's 240 pounds. It takes these guys a couple years to get going. Unless they put him out in the slot and they start using him vertically downfield, then Dulcich could pop in year one, year two. But Albert one 134 routes, 40 targets last season. Like I said before, Noah Fant, gone. 80 targets, gone. 68 receptions, gone. Okui-Bunum at 76 cents. The top end tight ends, like I discussed before with Njoku, Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle. These guys are in the $9 to $13 range. Okui is 76 cents. If he comes out to start the year and he has an 8 target, 10 target, 7 target, 3 target, couple touchdown game, that value is going to go up and up and up and up, and you're going to be able to cash out on Okui in that $4 or $5 range. That's, that's some good money right there. But the undercover op in this offense during this offseason is Tim Patrick. A lot of people talk about him. I'm still going to continue to do it. I'm not falling for KJ Hamler. Uh, I don't love the tight end usage here. I like Greg Dulcich a lot, but I don't think 2022 is going to be the year for Greg Dulcich where he really explodes onto the scene. We saw Gerald Everett be solid, but not great in Seattle with Russell Wilson. Give me Tim Patrick. Since 2000, the year 2000, since the year 2000, only 13 undrafted wide receivers have eclipsed 2000 receiving yards in the first four years being undrafted. 2,000 yards in four years since the year 2000, 13 guys. Victor Cruz, 3,626. Robbie Anderson, 3,059. Doug Baldwin, Devon Bess, Allen Hearns, Willie Sneed, Drew Bennett, Tyro Williams, Adam Thielen, Adam Humphreys, Wes Welker, Keelan Cole, and Tim Patrick. Give him Russell Wilson and watch him grow in this offense. Tim Patrick will. Let's go to the LA Chargers. This offense took a huge leap forward in 2021, and this year, you've already heard the Podfeller talk about it, we think the Chargers are another solid bet to go to the Super Bowl and possibly win. 672 pass attempts in 17 games last year for Justin Herbert, 595 in 2020 in 15 games, the same pace. So he's going to go for 670 targets. Now what changed in this offense? Keenan Allen's still there, Mike Williams is still there, Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer fighting for that number three spot. Some people think Palmer has it in the bag. Other people know that Jalen Guyton opens up this offense downfield. DeAndre Carter comes over from the Washington Commanders, 43 targets on 220 routes. And Joe Reed is, is, is effort so deeply in this depth chart. Jared Cook is gone. Jared Cook had 83 targets. Look at the tight end position. That's where the new guy came in, Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett, 48 receptions last year. Jared Cook, 48 receptions last year. Jared Everett had 63. Remember, he was in Seattle. Jared Cook, 83. So 20 more targets for Jared Cook, but the same amount of receptions. And he had 90 more receiving yards, same amount of touchdowns with four. What's the difference between Gerald Everett and Jared Cook? Efficiency, catch rate. Jared Cook, 57.8%, 27th overall in catch rate. Gerald Everett, 76.2%, number two in catch rate. Number three in overall true catch rate. Gerald Everett is just simply more efficient with the ball in his hands, and he's more athletic, and he's not pushing forty years old like Jared Cook. Gerald Everett should take the next step up in this offense, and he should still get those seventy-five to eighty-five targets that Jared Cook got last season. At the running back position, it's Austin Eckler, it's Isaiah Spiller, Joshua Kelly, and Larry Roundtree are there. Roundtree, of course, last year we thought he might he might be that goal line back. He didn't do that. 36 carries, two targets. Joshua Kelly, two years ago, we thought he might do it. 33 carries, six targets. We're fairly confident, even though we've 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 talked about Isaiah Spiller for months now. We're fairly confident Isaiah Spiller is better than Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree. We talked about him not being the 101, obviously, early on in the process, but pushing him down to the 201, the 205 in that area in rookie drafts, that's a value spot. I'll take Isaiah Spiller there because he's going to be the number two in this team. Austin Eckler has had a myriad of injuries over the last few years. Justin Jackson's gone. 68 carries, 364 yards, 19 targets, 19 targets. So if you just give those 19 targets and those 68 carries to Isaiah Spiller, you're going to feel pretty good about yourself. He's going to end up with 400, 500 yards total and a couple touchdowns. If Eckler misses any time at all, you could see Spiller take another level up, unless they bring somebody in, obviously. But you could see him take another step up in this offense. Eckler, remember, Eckler was on the podcast with the podfather during the season. He talked about the injuries. He talked about the workload that they gave him, but they really didn't have a lot of choices. They couldn't depend on Kelly or Roundtree last year, and Justin Jackson himself was banged up. These are the injuries for Austin Eckler over the last two years. 2020, hamstring strain with a knee hyperextension, quad strain, and concussion. 2021, another hamstring strain, another hip strain, and an ankle strain. He didn't miss any games in 21, but he, mid, he did miss six in 2020. He's aging. Of course, you don't want to just push him out there and, and and force him to take on this monster workload of north of 300 touches because we've seen in Carolina what happens to Christian McCaffrey. They do not want to do this without Austin Eckler. I believe they're going to pull Austin Eckler's rushing back down to that 150 range uh, where, where he crested 200, got 206 this last year. 206 carries and, and 94 targets, 310 opportunities is a lot for a a guy that's jacked, but he's aging. He's been injured. You bring Austin Eckler down to that 260, 250 range instead of that 310 range of opportunities. I think you're going to get a little more efficiency out of Eckler. It's going to give him a little more breathing time. It's going to be more explosive out of the backfield and receiving. Isaiah Spiller is going to get opportunities here, whether we like it or not. And and quite frankly, I'll, I'll click the button on Isaiah Spiller. It hurts, but I'll do it. Rookie drafts, I've done it. 204, 205, I've done it. I don't love it, but I'll do it. It's called opportunity. That's why we play this game. Short trip over to Las Vegas. They got a big time receiver here, Devontae Adams. And everyone's pointing to Devontae Adams. You Look at the ADP on underdog, 11.4. How and where does Devontae Adams return any value at 11.4 on underdog right now? Promo code UNDERWORLD for deposit match bonus up to $100. The puppy just opened. Get in there. But don't draft Devontae Adams at the 11 spot. Don't do it. You look at this passing game. Derek Carr had 626 attempts in, 20, in 17 games last year, 517 the year before. That's 110 attempt increase from 2020 to 2021. When you say, well, they, they added a game, so you know that had to add a little bit. But if you look back at Derek Carr, he set a career record by almost 700 yards in total passing, 27 in attempts. That was 27 more than his rookie season, and 53 more than the next best season. Every other year was around the 500 mark, 500, 517, around there. Like I said, 517 in 2020. Massive increase. But they did lose a few guys. Zay Jones, 70 targets. Brian Edwards, 59. Henry Ruggs, 36. 175 vacated targets. But Devontae Adams brings in 169. Does Devontae Adams get his 169? That's the question. Hunter Renfro had 128 targets on 499 routes. We think he keeps that role. He should stay in that 110-plus area. We saw how efficient he was and how effective and how Derek Carr liked him. But he did get a lot of his usage while Waller was out. But then you have to bring in the Waller aspect. Darren Waller only played in 11 games last year, and he had 93 targets. That's down from 145. So if you're expecting Darren Waller to bounce back and end up in that 120 to 130 range, I think it's a safe spot. Hunter Renfro gets his 110. That's 230. Does Devonte Adams really get 170 targets? I don't think so. I think you pull him down closer to that 140 area, Remember, DeAndre Hopkins went from Houston to Arizona at age 28. A lot of people are going to point to that. He went from 150 targets to 160 in that Arizona offense. Adams is a full two years older. His numbers should go down from 169 to 149 instead of up from 150 to 160. And to pay off at the 11 spot, he's going to have to really, literally repeat what he did in 2020, which was go for 18 touchdowns. That's the only way he's going to pay off with that target decrease because remember he had 149. So he went from 149 to 169 targets in 2021, but his touchdowns went from 18 to 11. So he's going to have to go back to 2020. Remember how ridiculous that season was with Aaron Rodgers. He's not playing with Aaron Rodgers. He's playing with Derek Carr, but remember he's also now playing with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. He's got a whole different bevy of guys to play with. The one thing that we are certain, the lesson learned in Vegas is that we know who's getting the ball. We may not know what down or who's going to get it because they're going to go Renfro, Waller, Adams. These three are going to get the ball 80% of the time. And other than that, you just forget about it. They're going to run the ball. They're going to pass to these three. Demarcus Robinson is now there. Keelan Cole, Tyron Johnson, Mac Hollins. Remember Javon Wims got through a punch against the Saints a few years ago. Outside of Renfro, Adams, and Waller in the passing game, I don't want anybody. Tyron Johnson, Mac Hollins are going to compete to stretch the field. Demarcus Robinson and... Keelan Cole, they're going to compete for that that underneath role, that Devontae Adams role, whatever it's going to be. But you're not going to want any part of Demarcus Robinson, Keelan Cole, Javon Wims in fantasy. It's Renfro, it's Adams, and it's Waller, and that's the running game. And the running game question mark is is for 2023. Unless Josh Jacobs gets hurt, Samir White will not have that big of a a draw on this offense unless there's games missed by Josh Jacobs. 217 carries, 64 targets. Kenyon Drake, 63 and 40. They lost 55 carries from Peyton Barber, 13 from Marcus Mariota. Remember, Brandon Bolden is now there. The the New England offensive coordinator came over, Joss McDaniels. Brandon Bolden comes over with him from New England. They do have sincere McCormick there, but I think Zamir White's going to get opportunities, but it's going to be a very, very fine number for Zamir White in your number one, unless there's some injuries to Jacobs, to a Drake. Or or Zamir White is just Adrian Peterson. Zamir White is Adrian Peterson. That's a whole different conversation, but I don't think that's the answer. Let's finish up with the Kansas City Chiefs. The departure of Tyreek Hill. That was the biggest... I I know Chandler Jones went to the Raiders. I know Devontae Adams went to the Raiders. J.C. Jackson goes to the Chargers. But Tyreek Hill leaving Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Whoa. That leaves a couple guys here. McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The rest of this offense is pretty much completely rebuilt. Noah Gray returns... He had 120 routes, 29 targets last year. Daryl Williams has gone, 144 carries. Insert Ronald Jones. Nicole Hardman, 385 routes, 83 targets. Juju Smith-Schuster comes over from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Guy Moore is drafted in round two from Western Michigan. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 271 routes and 55 targets from the Green Bay Packers. And Justin Ross, an undrafted free agent from Clemson. I just bought 10 shares of Nicole Hardman on Prediction Strike. 49 cents. Forty nine cents on Prediction Strike is McCole Hardman. It's too cheap. I had like five dollars and ten or eleven cents or something in my Prediction Strike account after making some other purchases that we'll talk about on different shows. I spent it all on Hardman. I was like, well, I got ten shares. I could buy ten shares. Let's buy ten shares. Forty nine cents. If he does anything, that number goes up. Hardman has improved in all three seasons. Twenty six receptions, five hundred thirty eight yards, six touchdowns. 41 receptions, 560 yards, four touchdowns, and 59 receptions, 693 yards, and two touchdowns. People forget that that's still 1,700 yards. It's not 400 total. That's 500 plus all three seasons. He also had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in that offense. I get it. You're like, well, you had Patrick Mahomes. He should have done this. But I'm just saying, I'm not coming to McCole Hardman's defense, but he did do stuff. He didn't, he didn't just put up zeros every week. In fantasy, it looked like that. I feel like that because it was boom bust every single week. But it's perceived that Sky, Juju, and Hardman are all going to play that same role. Hardman, I think, is actually going to play in that flanker slash slot role, something we saw Tyreek Hill do last year. He played all over the formation, kind of like a Debo role, but it's not really a Debo role. As far as the carries go, it's more just all over the formation, called the Tyreek Hill role. Sky plays in the slot, Juju's out at flanker, and MVS is stretching the field. That's an ideal offense right there. MVS stretches, Juju's playing flanker, Sky's in the slot, and Hardman's just all over the field, four amazing athletes, amazing prospects on the field at the same time with some, with some, some Jags at running back, whatever Clyde and and, and Ronnie, unless they put Pacheco in, but, but, but but, but they're not going to do that. Justin Ross is going to sit for a year. He might play a little bit, learn from Juju, learn from Josh Gordon, learn from MVS. Justin Ross could be sneaky. Justin Ross could be sneaky. You look at McCole Hardman's game log from the end of last year. Talking to Andy Reid, I asked him this question at the combine. I said Andy, McColl Hardman, what's he? What? What is it?" And he's like, McColl Hardman, this team went as McColl Hardman went at the end of the year last year. When we started u- using him all over the formation, that's when we started winning games. You remember they started the year uh, kind of a cold spell, three and three, three and four, whatever it was, and then they started winning games. And the game they started winning at was the Giants. They won twenty to seventeen, in an ugly game. Hardman five for sixty-three and seven targets." couple weeks later, 2-for-59 on two targets against the Raiders in a blowout. A couple weeks later, 3-for-31 on five targets against Pittsburgh to finish the season out, 8-for-103 on 11 targets against Denver in a 28-24 win to finish 12-5. and You enter the playoffs, and McCole Hardman kept playing. 4-for-43, two carries for six yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers in a big 42-21 win. Only had one catch against Buffalo, but was for 26 yards, and he had two carries for 31 yards and that touchdown. Again, using him all over the field, two carries. He scored on one. Cincinnati in the AFC Championship, three for 52 and a touchdown, two carries, 18 yards. Again, they didn't use him out of the backfield very much or in jet motion very much during the year. One, one carry here, there, one carry here, there. He had two against Philly early in the season, two for 25. In the playoffs, two carries per game, and they started using him more. If they continue to use him like Andy Reid inferred, Ferd, Nicole Hardman will pay off at 49 cents on prediction strike. That's a smash. 49 cents. I got 10 shares. If, if that, if that balloons up to five bucks, that's a $5 bet that turns into 50. Go to prediction strike right now. Use that promo code underworld deposit 20, get 40 shares in Nicole Hardman and then get a free share of somebody else. at running back, Daryl Williams is gone. Insert Ronald Jones. Like I said, I'm still staying away. He's a poor man's version of Isaiah Spiller. That's in 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 that range for me. We like Eckler more than we like Clyde, and we think Spiller can be requisite at the running back position. Fade Ronald Jones again. Oh, but you can do one thing. Go grab Justin Ross in the fourth round of all of your rookie drafts.